Welcome to the ministry of Reverend Jerry Payne, founder and head pastor of Disciple Nations Church, The Word Place, a 21st century charismatic, apostolic, and an evangelical ministry. Reverend Jerry Payne is passionate about soul winning, working of miracles, and empowering believers to take their rightful place in the world. He believes that Africa must send the gospel of Jesus to every city, town, or village of the world, and thus, he is committed in doing by establishing 50,000 churches across the world in his lifetime. He is a gifted teacher of the gospel, a prophet and an entrepreneur. He is a marketer and an investment banker by profession. He holds an MBA in marketing from the University of Cape Coast, Ghana. Now hear today's word. All right, lift up your Bible. I want to see you with your Bible. If your Bible is on your phone, just say, this is my phone. But I have Bible on it. Okay, say, this is my Bible. Say, I believe with all my heart that the words in this Bible were inspired by God himself through his Holy Spirit and holy men of God write down these words. Say, they wrote down this word. Say, today, I shall be instructed from my Bible, and I believe transformation, increase, greatness is coming to me in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we ask that you bless us even as we hear your word. Let the transformation, let the increase, let change, let healing come to somebody in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, take your seats. God bless you for coming to church. We started something in the first service. Um, it's a sermon that myself, um, I am blessed by it. Amen. And I believe that you will also be blessed. Uh, Matthew chapter 13, the verse 45 and 46. Some of you the way you dress to the nightclub is the same way you dress to church. So when you are coming to church, you must hold the Bible so that they will know that as for this one, you are not going to the club. You are coming to church. <laughs> Amen. Matthew chapter 13, the verse 45 and 46. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. Say the kingdom of heaven Say the kingdom of heaven. Say the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. Amen. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. Who, when he had found one pearl of great price, remember earlier on, the merchant was seeking for pearls beautiful pearls. But when he found only one pearl of great price, he went and sold all that he had just so he would be able to buy this one pearl. Amen. He said again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. 
who when he had found one pearl of great price went and sold all that he had and bought it may the lord add his blessing to the reading of his word and all we say amen disciples 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 we thank god that you know that you are a missionary amen at least you know that amen all right so this morning i want to share with you something i've entitled merchants and pearls merchants and pearls the scripture we read says that the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls i have often told you that when you come to church expect to hear about christ when you come to church expect what you see what transforms a man's life is what you hear Jesus puts it this way. He says that you are clean by the words that I have spoken to you. In other words, you are transformed by the words that I speak to you. At another time, he says that the words that I speak to you, they are life and they are spirit. Now, anything that can give life can also give death. What did I say? I can prove to you in the Bible. Jesus says that the words that I speak to you, right, they are life and they are spirits. So my, my words can give you life. And my words can also make you spiritual. But the same Bible says that life and death are in the power of and those that love it shall. So anything that can give life can also give death. Amen. Will come to you and you will be blessed. Don't come to church expecting that a pastor will tell you about the house he's living in. The countries he has traveled to, they are good. They, they can encourage you. They can inspire you. But ultimately, when you come to church, you must hear about Christ. Tell your neighbor, get ready to hear about Christ. Because you see, what will make our lives better? Some of you who didn't say, who know, you are living your life anyhow because Amen? So you live your life anyhow. When you lack God's word, write it down. When you lack God's word, you live your life anyhow. Those of you who don't come to, let me see those who don't have notebooks. You don't have a notebook. Where is it? Here. When you lack God's word, God's word, when you lack it, you live your life anyhow. Because you see, it is God's word that gives you direction. 
It is the word of God that gives us direction. I am all that I am by the grace of God through his word. If you take the word of God out of my life, I am just like any other person in the Penu family. Amen? Amen. So, you've got to value God's word and you've got to love it. Praise God. Jesus says that the kingdom of God is like a merchant who is seeking for beautiful pearls to buy. Beautiful pearls. Now, when you read the book of Matthew chapter 13, you will realize that Jesus shared many parables. Many. In fact, in Matthew chapter 13 alone, the Lord Jesus Christ shared about seven different parables. Seven. He spoke about the parable of the sower from verse 1 to 9. Then he spoke about the parable of the wheat and the tares from verse 24 to 30. Then he, saw, he spoke about the parable of the mustard seed from verse 31 and 32. He spoke about the parable of the living, verse 33 and 35. Then he spoke about the parable of the hidden treasure, verse 44. Then he spoke about the parable of the dragnet, verse 47 and 52. Then, of course, he spoke about the parable of the beautiful pearls, which we are going to focus on today. At a point in time, the disciples were wondering and was like, they were like, Master, why do you speak to these people in parables? So in verse 10 of Matthew chapter 13 to the verse 17, Jesus then explained to them why he spoke to the people in parables. He says that, and the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? Why? Why? Why can't pastor just come and say, I am preaching on salvation? Why is pastor preaching on merchants and pearls? What does merchants and pearls got to do with the kingdom of heaven? That is their question. And the Bible says that Jesus answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. Say whoever has, to him more will be given. When you have, you receive more. Write it down. That is why every one of you must seek to have something. Because you see, whatever you have in this life, more is given. Including talents. As a matter of fact, in the book of Matthew 25, I believe, there is a whole sermon Jesus preached on the parable of the talents. When the guy who received the five used the talent well, he was given additional five. So even talent, when you use what you have now well, you are giving more talents. Amen. So whatever you have in this life, more can be given you. He said that for whoever has to him, more will be given and he will have in abundance but whoever does not have even what he has will be taken away from him amen you think you, you think that god is unjust he is not god is just not a waster amen therefore i speak to them in parables because 
seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear nor do they understand and in them the prophecy of isaiah is fulfilled which says hearing you will hear and shall not understand and see you will see and not perceive for the heart of these people have grown down their ears are hard of hearing and their eyes they have closed lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that i should heal them but blessed are your eyes say blessed are my eyes say blessed are my eyes for they can see yeah i told them something in the first service he says that but blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear so i said if your eyes cannot see the word of god you are not blessed if your ears cannot hear the word of god you are not blessed true blessing is found in the word of god go to someone blessed is the man blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the path of sinners nor sits in the seat of the scornful verse but his delight is in the law of the lord and in his law he meditates day and night the one who can read the word of god he is blessed amen the one who values the word of god is blessed and i have taught you often blessing is the is it the hebrew word the hebrew word for barak meaning to be empowered to succeed blessing is not a car you drive blessing is a spirit when you have the spirit of a blessed man you produce cars you produce houses you produce businesses you produce material things it is the blessing of god that produces material things material things are not the blessing the blessing is a spirit and this spirit is received through the word of god amen this spirit so it says that blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight, say his delight, but his delight, what, what he, he delights in is in the law of the Lord, the Bible, the word of God, the unadulterated word of God, the logos. He said, by his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. The one that meditates day and night on the word, he is blessed. Amazing. He said, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall... Whatever he does shall... Listen to me. If your delight is in the word of God, even if you are selling kerosene on tabletop, you will prosper. Say, Pastor, you are preaching. If your delight is in the word of God, it doesn't matter what you are doing, you will, you will prosper. You will prosper. But your prosperity, write it down, is linked to your delight in the word of God. Your prosperity is linked, it is connected your, con your prosperity has everything to do with your interest in God's word. He said, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. Give me verse 4. You see, he said, but the ungodly are not so. <laughs> but the ungodly, they are not so. The ungodly things that he must prosper 
by hard work, by physical effort. Can I tell you something? Because of hard work. You don't prosper. Hard work is important and I teach hard work. Wednesday, that's what I talk about. Hard work is important. Listen to me. But you don't prosper by hard work. Bible says that it is the blessings of the Lord that make it one rich. Not hard work. Not the company you work for. Not the certificate you have. Not, not the things you do with your life. Not the up and some of you don't come to church because you are working. You are joking. It is the blessings of the Lord that make it one rich. And it doesn't and, and you see, the blessings of the Lord, you cannot see it with your eyes. But when you catch it, it is only a matter of time. Go back to Psalm, Psalm 1, verse 3. You bring forth your fruit in your season. I say, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That brings forth its fruit in its, in its. You see, one, it is not the season for mango. You would think that a mango tree uh, is a waste. But wait for the season of the mango. The mango tree will bear fruit. True of us. You see, when you are serving God and you are following God, it will look like you are wasting your time, but it is just because your season is not yet up. Let your season be up and all eyes will see that you serve the living God. I said, let your season be up and all eyes will see that you serve the living God. It's not about the ungodly. They are not so. They are not so. Work hard, but don't take out the God factor. I said, do what? When you go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it says that there is time for, there is time for, and the season for everything under the sun here on earth. There is a season for you to be broke, but your season for prosperity is coming. Yeah. I said, your season for prosperity is coming. Yeah. I don't know who I'm talking about, but I see you rising. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I see God changing the story. We will not remain like this forever. We will not be poor forever. We will not be broke forever. We will not be sick forever. Things will not be tough forever. God is changing the story. I said God is changing the story. If you are the one, stand to your feet and shout, I am the one. God is changing the story. God is changing. An army of billionaires are rising. I said an army of billionaires are rising. In the name of the Lord Jesus, you will bring forth your fruit in your season. I said you will bring forth. You see, when it is your season, even if they take you to Agbala, it will work. It will work. When it is your season, you are entering into your season. I said you are entering into your season. Shout, I am entering into my season. Shout, I am entering into my season. Take your seat. It is Corona. Everybody is crying. But people are changing jobs. Ah, I never knew that people had money in Ghana. Then suddenly, Mefaha, the same car. I say, hey, me not fear. Then you look at the registration 2020. Hey! People have money. May you have money. You, you see, you must understand how God works. God does not work according to your calendar. He said, as the heavens are far above the earth, so his ways are far. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. What God is thinking about you, you have no idea. He said that the plans that I have for you, you have no idea. They are plans, they are good plans, not of evil, 
Guess what? The plans will bring you to an expected end. But before you get there, blessed is the man who takes delight in the word of God. Amen? Yeah. Who takes delight in the word. And it is interesting how Jesus, go back to Matthew chapter 13, the verse 14. He said that, and in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the heart of these people have grown down, their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their heart and turn, so that I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes. I said your eyes are blessed. Look, open your Bible. If you have it on your phone, just open to any verse and look into it like I have mine. Open, open your Bible. And Matthew 13, 16. Are you there? Okay, so you are reading from your Bible, not from the screen. All right, so ready, go. But blessed are your eyes for they see. Put your hands on your eyes. Say, my eyes are blessed because I can read this one. Say, my eyes are blessed. Yeah. Put your hands on your eyes. Say, my eyes can never be blind. Say, I can never be blind. Say, in my old days, my eyes will see clearly. Say, if Jesus could not go blind, I cannot go blind. In Jesus' name. Ah, remove your hands. Jesus, about blessed are your eyes for they see. Amen. So blessed are your eyes for they see, and then he said, and your ears for they hear. Put your hand on your ear. Say, my ears are blessed. I hear only good news. I hear only news of prosperity. Say, even when I go for medical checkups, I hear only good news. Say, my ears don't hear bad news because I hear God's word. He says that. But blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. Amen. So you are not blessed because you went to school. You are not blessed because you work with a bank. Ah, when banks collapsed, we have seen bank managers who have become Uber drivers. If the blessing is in the bank, why have they become Uber drivers? The blessing is of the Lord. I said what? And that is why you must listen to what I'm coming to share with you today. The blessing comes from God. It doesn't come from the things you do. No. The blessing comes from God. Verse 17. For assuredly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it. And to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Many great, many great, many great prophets and righteous men, they desire that they will see somebody preaching to them and hearing God's word like you are doing. But they didn't get that opportunity. Amen. They didn't get. Alright. So, Jesus shared many parables. And one of them has to do with pearls. And the Bible says that he, he, he likened the kingdom of heaven to a merchant who was seeking for beautiful pearls. And when he found one pearl of great value, he sold all that he had. And so he will lay hold of this one pearl. Amen. And pearls are shining hard objects. 
that are found within the living tissue of a living shell. And there are fake pearls. Some of the pearls we see, in fact, most of the pearls we see here in Ghana are fake. Amen. So, there are original pearls and there are fake pearls. And um, during my research, I discovered that the most expensive pearl in the world now, the size is 26 inches and the value is 100 million US dollars. 100 million US dollars. Now, 1 million is 5.5 Ghana cities. In fact, 1 million Ghana cities is 10 billion old cities. So, multiply 10 billion, which is 1 million, right? Multiply 10 billion by 100. What will you get? You get P, 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 P. Is that how you put mention your, 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 your billions? Amen. And this pearl was found by a Filipino fisherman. 100 million US dollars. Pearl! Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant who is looking for a beautiful pearl. And when he found only one pearl of great value, he sold everything he had just so he can buy that pearl. And so, try to look at why did Jesus liken the kingdom of heaven to a merchant seeking for pearls? And what are the lessons that you and I can pick from this parable? Number one, there is nothing like the kingdom of heaven. Nothing can be compared to the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Nothing can be compared. You cannot compare the kingdom of heaven to anything you, anything of great value to you on earth cannot be compared to the kingdom of heaven. If I should ask you, what is the most valuable thing that when you get here on earth, you'll be so happy and excited. Now, the kingdom of heaven, eh? nothing compares to it. The kingdom of heaven that you have received is worth far more than 25% shares in Amazon. Are you listening to me? Amen. Now, nothing can be compared to the kingdom of heaven. Having 25% shares in Amazon is nothing to be compared to what you have in Christ. The reason why you will value your shares in Amazon than you value your salvation and the kingdom of heaven is because of perception. It's because of what? Perception. In your mind, you think that if you have 25% shares in Amazon, you are a big man. But you don't think that if you have Christ, you have more than 100% shares in Amazon. Amen. So the kingdom of heaven cannot, it is uncomparable. Nothing on earth can be compared to the kingdom of heaven. Not your jobs, not the cars you drive, not the house you live in. Nothing. All of us want to get important things in this life, two of us. All of us. Me. He says he wants 25% shares in Amazon. Me, I want to be the richest man on earth. What's the 25% shares in Amazon? I want to you to dream some amen the problem with most of us is that when people are dreaming we fight them but we don't dream when you have your own dream you don't care about others and what they dream about amen 
I want to plant 50,000 churches, right? I want my churches to be scattered all over the world. I want to have pastors all over the world. All over. I want to have cathedrals all over the world. So you see, I have dreams. With all that I want to become, it cannot be compared to the kingdom of heaven. It cannot. Look, if I become all that I want to become, all, assuming that, boom, 50,000 churches, we have it. But listen to me. As beautiful as this dream is, it cannot give fulfillment like the kingdom of heaven gives fulfillment. I like the way the place is quiet. It can't. Nothing compares to the kingdom of heaven. What you have as God's child, many wish they had it, but they didn't get it. Many wish they had it. We have it. And we are joking with it. Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven it is like a merchant who is seeking for beautiful pearls to buy. And when he found one pearl of great value, he sold all. In other words, he let go of all so he can lay hold of this great pearl, of this valuable pearl. So we cannot compare whatever we have in this life, whatever we intend to become, to the kingdom of heaven. Not the cars you drive. Not the houses you live in. Not the jobs you do. Nothing compares. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Amen. And what we must seek to pursue in this life is the kingdom of heaven. Is what? If you can spend much time pursuing material things, you, you don't yet understand the kingdom of heaven. When you pursue the kingdom, material things follow you. Matthew 6, 33. When you pursue the kingdom, material things follow you. You don't have to follow. What we do is that we rather do it from the opposite direction. We follow material things so the kingdom will follow us. You must pursue the kingdom so material things will follow you. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall shall when you pursue the kingdom of heaven, the things that you are seeking for, the 50,000 churches, when I pursue the kingdom of God, these things shall be added. Glory to God. These things shall be added. So don't waste your time chasing material things, thinking that you want to be well, you want to succeed, you want to Fulfill your dreams. Fulfillment of dreams can only happen when you pursue the kingdom. There are many people who have material things and yet they are not happy. The reason is that material things don't make a man happy. If you think that, that is why economics says that human needs are insatiable. You will never be satisfied. Look, amen. That is human being. When, you see today, this place is bright. They put off the light we fixed yesterday. When we came here and we fixed the lights, we were like, wow, wow, wow. Then suddenly we realized that no, the, the place is not bright here anymore. Look at it. This is where we used to have service. This is, this is where this change only took place yesterday. This is where we used to have service. Put the light on. 
Human needs are insatiable. Look, you will never be satisfied. The only thing, write it down, the only thing that truly satisfies is the kingdom of heaven. If you live in this life thinking that other things will make you satisfied, you are deceiving yourself. Nothing satisfies like God. Write it down. Nothing satisfies like God. Why? Because your source in this life is God. So you can only survive in this life when you have God in your life. Am I preaching? Am I preaching? Nothing satisfies in this life like God. So nothing compared to the kingdom of God. There is nothing like the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. I asked, do you recognize the immense value of an eternal relationship with the Father? Do you value your relationship with God? Do you think it is important? Do you think it is a privilege? Some of you, you will value your relationship with a politician and the relationship with God. I'm telling you, if you were, imagine you were coming to church now, then you had a call from the Flagstaff House that His Excellency, the President of the Republic of Ghana, he is not the one who even called you. He asked the watchman, not even the secret, the watchman at the Flagstaff House to call you. And the watchman calls and says, Hello. Even Ebrofue says it. The English, he pees it from the back to the front. He said, Was I talking to? He said, Was I? What do you mean? He said, Ah, was I? What? He said, Ah, who is this? He said, Okay. Uh, I was, and, and, uh, President, I don't know where I'm from. Very casual, he said, Obesol Louis Shas is here. Look, he loves God. I'm telling you, I know him. This man loves God. His life is God. Omar, sorry. Especially when he remembers the needs he has now and how just meeting with the president for one minute can change his life. He won't come. Am I teaching? He will not come. Do you know why? Because you see, in his mind, huh, meeting the president can change his life. But he has forgotten that he has a relationship with the president of the earth, the creator of the heavens and the earth. He has the one who can measure the earth in his palm. He has the one who has every one of us, our names written on his palm. He has forgotten. Do you know why? Because you see, we believe more in what we see than what we don't see. And so, you can see that president is the head of state of Ghana. He controls the resources of Ghana. So you believe that this man can change your life. But you cannot see God. So how can somebody you don't see change your life? I want to teach you something. What you don't see affects your life more than what you see. What you don't see. You see, that is why we pray. We pray because you see, sometimes when you are praying, you say, every weapon that is from a... Have you seen the weapon? Why are you praying against the weapon? Because you believe that the unseen has more influence over your life than the seen. It is the same way when we say that the supernatural rules over the natural, the spiritual rules over the physical. Why do you believe that one? But when it comes to other things, you believe that powerful people in our eyes can do us more good than the one who created the powerful persons. You believe that a human being who is powerful on earth can be of more help to you than the God 
who created that human being? Are you in church? Nothing compares. So, do you value that eternal relationship you have with God? Do, do you see it as something that no other relationship comes close? Because if you do, it will show in your attitude towards God and the things of God. When I see people who give excuses why they cannot, for example, be committed to the things of God, why they cannot work for God, I just know that this person is yet to appreciate the value of the kingdom of heaven. I just know. So guess what I do? I begin to pray that Father, open their eyes. Open their eyes. Help them to see you the way we must see you. Help them. Because you see, what you don't value, you don't pursue. Write it down. You don't pursue. Most of the things we pursue in this life are the things we believe are valuable to us. Two of us. Recently, my niece and the mom traveled all the way to the Volta region for an interview to a nursing training school. It is so valuable. Amen? And because it is valuable, she was willing to travel all the way to the Volta. They left at dawn. What time did you leave? 2 a.m. Can you imagine? 2 a.m. She woke up at 2 a.m. Why? Because she wants to gain admission to the nursing training college. Amen. What you value, you pursue. You see, the way you relate with God shows how you value him. It shows. It shows. If somebody can wake up at 2 and go to home, anything could have happened on the way. 2 a.m. Anything could have happened. Didn't we hear last week that an MP was killed around 1 a.m.? An MP was killed. Anything, you see, when it comes to pursuing the things you value, you don't care about risk. Write it down. You don't care about risk. All you want is to get the thing you want. You don't care about the risk involved. That is how God wants us to see him. Look, God wants you to pursue him without considering any risk. Say glory to Jesus. God, pursue God. Value your relationship with God. Value it. Second thing, second lesson from the parable. We must recognize the fix and the imitations. We must recognize the fix and the imitations. And I said during the first service that the fake and the imitations I'm talking about are not necessarily fake churches or religions because for them, we know their place. So I'm not here to talk about a church that is fake. Even Jesus says that allow all of them to grow. Both the wheat and the tests. Allow them to grow. It was a parable he shared. When the, the, the master comes, he will separate the wheat from the test. So I'm not here to tell you that this church, even though it is important, sometimes I tell you some of these things, but I'm not here to tell you that this is fake religion, this is that, this is that. No. The Bible says that the merchant saw how valuable the pearl was. He knew the valuable from the fake and the worthless. He recognized the worth of this precious pearl and he pursued it, ignoring all others. What about us? Do we recognize the fakes and imitations in front of us? Do you think that the fakes and the 
imitations are just the churches that you believe are not preaching the unadulterated word of God? Is that what you think? There are so many things that try to take the place of God in our lives. And we must see them for what they are. They are worthless. I said they are what? So many things trying to take the place of God in our lives. They are fakes and they are imitations. They are worthless. They don't promise true satisfaction. They are things that do not deserve the time and honor we ought to give to God. These are the things I describe as the fix and the imitations. Things that promise satisfaction here on earth but have no eternal value. They are fix and they are imitations. Am I preaching? These things might look valuable and feel valuable but in reality they are but cheap and offer nothing. Nothing. In fact, they don't offer true happiness. And what are some of these things that I'm talking about? The fix and the imitations. I am talking about money. Money doesn't promise true fulfillment. Money is overrated. And I want you to pay attention to me. Money is fake. Money is an imitation of what promises true value. Happiness and satisfaction. Some of you can kill for money. When it comes to money, you don't care whether you go to hell or you go to heaven. Some of you think that all I want, if I get this money, I will be fulfilled. I have good news for you. Money doesn't give fulfillment. Money is fake. All you do with your life is to pursue money. All you do with your life is to fight for money. All you want is money. You don't care what you do to get money. Listen to me this morning. Money is fake. Money is an imitation. Money doesn't promise true value, true satisfaction, true happiness. Money doesn't promise that. Am I preaching? That is why when the merchant found the pearl of great value, he was willing to let go of money. If money promises true satisfaction, why would the merchant give out money in exchange for a pearl? Why? Money is overrated. And if you are here and you value money more than your relationship with God and the kingdom of heaven, I am calling you to repentance. Change! Because you see, I am telling you, Eh? Even if you kill for money, you will still die and leave money behind. You will die. Oh, you will die. You think that after killing, you will live forever? No. You will go. And you will go and meet your maker. And you will answer why you took the life of another man. Because of something that has no eternal value. Listen to me. Anything that has no eternal value is not worth fighting for. I'm telling you. Because only one child, you will die and live it. You will die. I said you will die and live it. Amen. You will die and do what? And live it. It is worthless. It is fake. It promises fake happiness. Money promises fake happiness. 
I'm not saying don't have money. I am telling you that don't put your trust in money. Don't do it. Jesus put it this way. You cannot serve both God and money. You can't. Why? Because, you see, money is deceptive. Money is deceptive. Very, very deceptive. Whenever you get to the position where money takes you away from the things of God, know that money is becoming your God. I can't imagine. It's not because today I'm a pastor. I can't imagine. I have siblings. I have nephews and nieces here. You can ask them. Growing up, did you ever see me on a Sunday in the house without going to church? No, you say it. Pastor, you are lying. Ever. Did you? So it's not because today I'm a pastor. No. It is not possible. I won't go to church. What will I be doing? Sunday I will go to church. Why? I value my relationship with God. Amen. Look, money does not give true satisfaction like money promises. In the one you will be you walk through this life thinking that money is all. Money is not everything. Money is not all. Number two, position. Position. It doesn't promise or it doesn't give true satisfaction. Not at all. Oh, if only I get this position. I know that things will change. Then when you get a position, you are looking for the next position. You know me so? Yeah. We have seen politicians who said all they wanted was assemblyman. They want to be MP. And they are willing to do anything and everything to unseat a city MP. Including even taking human lives. Position doesn't promise true satisfaction. It doesn't. And position is fake. Position is an imitation. If your position can take you away from God, your position has become your idol. If your position, uh, uh, your position as a wife now stops you from coming to church because now you are married. Now you are married. Why worry? You are the first person to marry. First person to marry. Now, now I, am, I am the managing director of... So you, you will serve God. Pastor, you know, I get tired with my work. Friday, we came to do all night here. Me, I work from Monday to Friday. Those, if you don't know, I work from Monday to Saturday. You are here. Yesterday, I was supposed to have gone to work with my boss. The rain crushed us. But guess what? We had an all night here huh? from 11. We closed around 5.40. We left here close to 7 a.m. We were here fixing these things. Most of us didn't sleep. Most of us, as, as of 4 p.m., or 3 p.m. We were driving to Accra to go and buy bulbs because we thought that this one could solve our problem. It didn't solve. And I said, we will get it done today. Now in Ikumo, we were equally tired. We finished fixing this thing close to 7 p.m. The choir closed. We left here close to 8. We got home after 8. We have to prepare and come today. I have to ask you, what time did I sleep. I woke up at dawn to go and pray. I am telling you that we all get tired. I didn't just get up to come and preach. During the time I slept, I slept late. Pastor, because of my work, my bread do. And you won't come away, Juma. It is our excuse. If you can write it, write it down in your book. <laughs> Amen. We all get tired because, because of my work. That is why I am not. Some of you have stopped serving in the house of God because of your work. We will not force you but we are telling you that you are blocking your blessings. We will not force you. You are blocking your blessings. And somebody must tell you. Amen.
possessions is the next one. Some of you, you are humble until you bought a car. You are humble until all of a sudden you want us to sing your praise. Listen to me. If physical possessions can make you proud, you are not wise. I said you are not what? Whatever you will have in this life, others have it and more. What do you have? What do you have? Physical possessions. Some of you, you moved into a chamber and hall self-contained. What you are, sorry. Chamber or hall self-contained. It is not that you own it. I have arrived. Physical. Listen to me. These things are fake. They don't promise true satisfaction. Don't let physical possessions take you away from God. Amen. Don't, don't allow it. Amen. Some of you, you easily become proud even when there is a change in salary. Their company is not for you. Somebody's company that you are an employee and they have increased your salary small. How you used to pray has changed because your salary has increased. Those days, when we lift up prayer, come on, come on. Now when we lift up prayer, in the name of Jesus, praise God. Father, you know, all things are possible to them that believe. Therefore, I believe that things are working. Yeah, things are working. You know, Lord, things. Even when the pastor, he said, uh, clap your hands and lift up prayer. So, Jalia, okay, Lord. <laughs> God, 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 God hears prayer. You don't need to shout. Now you are teaching the pastor how to lead prayer. Oh, you don't need to shout. Pastor Jaisa, you don't need to shout. Calm down. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus. As often the pastor can come to my friend, pray, pray. No, I can with you. The next time you touch me, I'll blow you. <laughs> hey! physical possessions and listen to me and many other things are not as important as god amen they are not uh, look i'm showing this thing because there is a blessing that is about to fall on this church all eyes will see i was telling them at the all night that 2021 is our year of the spirit in the last day the book of Acts, i shall pour out my spirit upon all flesh 2021 is our year of the spirit but 2021 there will be a, 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 i use the word a sporadic transformation in the lives of the people people will see change people who never dreamt they will drive a car will drive cars 2021 great things will happen but i pray for you that you will not backslide i said i pray for you that you will not backslide yeah because some of you the reason why your blessing has delayed it's because God sees your heart and God knows that if he should give you certain things, you will backslide. You will backslide. The last thing, the third lesson from the parable. We must be willing to exchange the temporal for the eternal. You must be willing to exchange the temporal for the eternal. In the scripture, we read that the merchant sold all that he had just so he could buy the pearl of great value. Christianity is just like that. We cannot be of this world and of God at the same time. We can't. Let's look at Matthew 16, 24 to 25. You cannot claim that 
you are of God and at the same time of the world. Matthew 16, 25, 24 to 25. Said, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and for whoever desires to save his life will, but whoever loses his life for my sake will. In Christianity, you must be willing to let go of your life. You see, the life that you think you have is not life. It is death. You must be willing. Jesus said to his disciples, his followers, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Be willing to exchange physical things for eternal things. You must be willing. How often hasn't your work taken you from God and from church? How often? How often hasn't the difficulties of this life taken you from God and from church? We must be willing to exchange all earthly and temporal joys for the eternal things of God. You must be willing. It doesn't come naturally. You must be willing. Amen. Look, all of us wish huh, that when we are tired, we won't come to church. All of us wish that when it rains, we will sleep. Yesterday, when I got home, after the all night, it was raining. I stayed in the car for several minutes. I wanted to go and sleep. I couldn't sleep. Stayed in the car. When I eventually entered and I ate and I wanted to rest, cause upon cause upon cause upon cause upon cause, important cause, I couldn't sleep and I left home. We all wish, but you see, the secret of the kingdom, and, and write it down, the secret of the kingdom huh, is for people who are willing to exchange physical things, temporal things, for eternal things. To those people, the secret of the kingdom is revealed. You must be willing to exchange your money. You must be willing to exchange your strength. You must be willing. Look, you must always find reasons to, buy, to be in church and to serve God and not excuses not to be in church. And to serve God well. I always tell people, now 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 The question is that are you his? That's the question. Let me share two scriptures with you, then we close. Two scriptures. First one, Matthew 19. 16 to 22. Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? What good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one. That is God. But if you want to Enter into life. Remember I told you that the life that you think you life is death. True life is in Christ. He said that if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Verse 18. He said to him, which ones? Jesus said, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, those of you who disrespect your parents. 
because you think that you are a graduate. You are signing your death warrant. Huh? Stop it. Okay? Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 20. The young man said to him, All these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? Verse 21. Jesus said to him, If you want to be perfect, go, sell what you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. Verse 22. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had what would deny many the kingdom of heaven is great possession. What would destroy many Christians, the material things we are fighting for, are the very things that will destroy us. So Jesus says that if you want to follow me, be willing to let go of material things. Be willing to exchange your physical things, your temporal things for eternal things. He says that if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have what? Treasure in heaven. Treasure in heaven is always received when we exchange temporal things for eternal things. Treasure in heaven is not gained because you accepted Christ. There is salvation and there is treasure. There will be rewards in heaven. Some of you, your reward your crown cannot fit your head because the size will be like my wedding ring. Even though we call it crown. How can your crown be on your finger? But that is what will happen to some of you. Because on earth, you never exchanged anything for treasures in heaven. Jesus says that, go sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have riches in heaven and come, be my disciple. Side with my party and follow me. You cannot fully follow Jesus until you let go of physical possessions. You can't. You know, one of the reasons why some of you cannot even give. You can't give. Some of you, even you hear that we want to buy something for church and we are raising offering, now we must Because you think that it is the money you have that will make you. Money has never made anybody great. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So you must be willing to exchange. Salvation easily comes to those who are willing to exchange the temporal for the eternal. Let me give you the last scripture. Luke 19 verse 1 to 10. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. I want you to understand that Zacchaeus was rich. He was what? He had money, physical possessions. We have read one account where the young man left sorrowful or sad because he had great possession. Now listen to this one. There was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was and if Bible says somebody was rich, then you must know that the person was rich. Yeah. He, Zacchaeus was rich. Verse 2. Now behold, okay, and he sought to see who Jesus was but could not because because of the crowd for he was of short stature so he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree 
to see him. For he was going to pass that way. Jesus was not going to him. Jesus was passing that way. But Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. He was a rich man. And yet he wanted to see Jesus. He was a rich man. He wanted to see Jesus. Why? Because his riches could not give him true satisfaction. His physical possessions could not give him. You know, sometimes when you have it all, you still feel that there is something missing. It is always God. It is always God. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. For today, I must stay at your house. Remember, Jesus was passing. He did not have any plan of staying with Zacchaeus. But he said, make haste and come down. Today, I'm going to stay at your house. Verse 6. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be with a guest. With a, he has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood. The man that the disciples thought was a sinner. He stood and said to the Lord Jesus Christ, Look, Lord, I give half. Of my goods to the poor. Verse 8. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. This is repentance. You see, when you truly encounter Jesus, material things means nothing to you. Truly, I'm talking about when you truly encounter Jesus. I'm not saying material things are not important. But when you truly encounter Jesus, they mean you don't become pompous because of the blessing of the Lord. No. When you truly encounter Jesus, you use material things for the advancement of the kingdom. And not so you show off. Hmm. Verse 9. And Jesus said to him, Today, salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Listen to me. If you want to follow Jesus and be great, you must be willing to let go of the world. You must be willing to exchange something for eternal value. The things that we fight over, the things that, th there are families that are killing each other because their father died and left something they call property. The one who did the property is dead. And people who are alive are killing each other. They didn't do the property. They are not even wise enough to know that the one who did the thing is dead. And that they too can die one day. They are killing each other. Listen to me. Nothing promises true satisfaction in this life except God. Amen. And when you are privileged to be saved, don't take it for granted. Behave like the merchant. Sell all that you have. Let go of anything that stops you from serving God and commit your life to God. And listen to me. God rewards. I said God has what? God rewards. God he rewards. And if I were you, 
I will let go of anything that easily entangles me and I'll commit myself to this God and believe that he will do me good. Amen. The Lord bless you. Thank you for listening to Reverend Jerry Payne. For more information about our ministry, kindly visit our website at www.disciplenationschurch.org or call us on 0244-733-659. Locate the workplace of Disciple Nations Church at Sotoko Official Town Market near the Bonnie Bend Building or Sadiba Electronics in Accra. God bless you.